Oh, hey, Twitter. It's Friday, which means it's almost the weekend, and we have a great show for you. Zach is going to be sitting down with Rufus Wainwright, and then I'm going to be interviewing Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and that's why I'm wearing one of his bow ties. Ooh, fancy, fancy. So y'all stick right there, and we'll see you on the timeline. You going to help me tie this? I'm not going to help you with that. Rude. <laughs> Good morning, Twitter. I'm Zach Stafford, she's Alex Berg, and you are watching Gayem to DM. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Any fun plans this weekend? You know, I'm just gonna be chilling with my queer self, with my mm. queer people, with my wife. Oh, wife you know, is gay rights. Queer love, gay rights. That that's, is celebrating what we've come so far for. I know, keeping yes. it low key. How about yourself? I will be in Los Angeles for 36 hours, and I swear I'll look rested when I return. Um, <laughs> I'm doing some events around why I'm single, and that's not a joke. It's a collection of us uh, queer people talking about the future of dating. So marriage. Also gay rights. Yes, gay rights. Also gay rights. Gay rights, yeah. gay rights. Yeah. Speaking of gay rights, last night, Taylor Swift launched another attempt to try to take over Pride Month. Ryan Schockett tweeted, Honestly, though, you need to calm down. Uh, calm Down talks about self-expression, bullying, double standards, being gay, and it's an 80 synth-ass bop. Thank you, Taylor Swift. And she even baked a surprise inside the song for LGBTQ visibility. Anthony Ramos tweeted, Yes, Taylor Swift just gave a little love to Glad in her new lyric video. Mm, so for context here, you know, Taylor Swift over the past few weeks has been trying to become a pride icon, I guess. Um, you know, she hasn't really spoken about LGBTQ rights most of her career, and recently she's like jumped into it. Um, and she began with launching the song Me with Brandon Urie, mm -hmm. pansexual icon, love him, Panic at the Disco. And then she came out for the Equality Act, the legislation that is currently headed to the Senate that could create equal rights for us um, in housing, jobs, all these things. Um, and she also critiqued Donald Trump in that moment. So she's really packing it in, and then this is just another way that she, I guess, is trying to take over pride. Packing it in. Pandering. Pandering. <laughs> Pandering. So Perhaps. you are not the happiest with her at all Well, times. here's the thing. Like, I have been known to be a bit of a Taylor skeptic, and I just mm. want to make it clear that, like, Glad does such amazing work and that I am so thrilled that she is introducing Glad to an audience that might not be aware of them and that also the video highlighted the EA for the Equality yes. Act. Um, you know, really uh, thrilled to bring more attention to those causes and issues. However, one big thing that I've been thinking about over the course of Pride and conversations that we have certainly had mm. here on the show is that... It really feels like there are so many attempts to commodify Pride where anybody can make a rainbow product, wear rainbow head to toe, um, you know, say that this is their issue and that I yearn for there to be some deeper substance and real political statement behind it. Exactly. You know, Taylor Swift has been called to like throw the gauntlet down for other issues regarding our community for many, many years. 2016, it was that election cycle, the famous Trump versus Hillary, and she posted photos of going to vote and people were begging to know, Taylor, where do you stand on this? And she did tell people to go out and to vote and the state of Tennessee saw a surge of voter registration, which should have been even more evidence that she should say something because she could actually move and change hearts and minds. So doing it now, it feels to me as if some marketing folks said, you know, this is the time to do it. This is the safe time to do it. And even this video is very safe. She's not even in the video. It's a lyric video. And Glad, you only know it's Glad, which I love Glad. I've supported Glad for many years. Um, you only know it's Glad if you know what Glad is. Mm. So I don't know how many people are going to watch it and be like, oh, she spelled Glad wrong. Let me Google that. They're probably just thinking, oh, she's excited. Like Glad, Glad, mm, not Glad. Glad, an organization that began during the AIDS epidemic yeah. to make sure that our rights were won eventually. Yeah. And it was a time when we had barely anything. So. Well, I think one of the things that you're getting at here is that 
oftentimes queer people and some of our most staunch allies really risk so much, mm-hmm. and it is inconvenient to support our community, and it is inconvenient to come, to come out and say that you are a queer person, and there is still a lot of stake. And um, just, you know, for all people who are in these vast positions of power, mm-hmm. whose position in the world could mean so much yes. to really make a statement. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that that is something that I'm hungry yeah. for. At the same time, this is a complicated conversation, and I don't want to diminish the importance of having someone who can serve as a conduit yes. to introduce these themes and glad to a group of people who might not be aware. Yeah. But, you know, I'm always just thinking about what what is palatability? What exactly. does it mean? And with Taylor, you know, she has been stoking the flames of Twitter of what she's trying to say to all of us. We don't know exactly where she's going with all these hints and rainbows and things. You know, there are parts of Twitter, especially on gay Twitter, that have their own theories about what she may be trying to say. So time will tell on that one. But we'd love to hear from you today, Twitter. What do you think to Taylor, or what do you want from Taylor Swift? Tweet us using the hashtag AM to DM and let us know. Gay rights. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go live from the district with BuzzFeed News DC editor, Sarah Mims. Good morning. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Good, good, good. good. Happy Pride. Here's a a tweet from the president. After three and a half years, our wonderful Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be leaving the White House at the end of the month and going home to the great state of Arkansas. And she's hoping for a positive departure. The Hill tweeted, Sarah Sanders hoped people remember her as being, quote, transparent and honest. Sarah, there is certainly a lot to unpack here, but uh, let's start off with this. Will she be remembered as transparent and honest? No, I don't, I don't think she will. I mean, like, honestly, nothing is going to top for me the day after the inauguration when Sean Spicer was, like, pointing at the photo and, like, there are more people at this inauguration than at any inauguration in history. Like, that just broke me. Mm-hmm. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders, like, obviously has lied to the American public quite often. Um, in Robert Mueller's report, you know, she admitted that she lied to the public and to the press about why the president fired James Comey Um, she had said at the time that it was because, you know, so many FBI officials no longer like James Comey. And she told Mueller basically that she had no evidence for that, basically made it up. So, uh, no, I don't, (laughs) don't think that that's the legacy she's going to have. Um, but certainly, you know, she is trying to change the perception of her. I think as she's walking out the door, kind of thinking a little bit more about that legacy and what it's going to look like. Mm. And why is she choosing now to leave? There have been rumors about this for quite some time, but what is significant about today? Yeah, so there have been rumors for a while uh, that she was going to leave after the midterm elections. Um, You know, she said she's going to be with her wife and kids, which is the same thing that every politician says when they leave a job. Um, You know, honestly, like, Press secretary is a terrible job. Like, it sucks. No one ever wants to be a press secretary. Um, And I think certainly after being press secretary for a while, people get very tired. It's really not uncommon for someone to leave after this period of time. She's been doing this for a long time. She's been out in the public eye in a way that is not incredibly flattering most of the time, Um, just in terms of, of, you know, uh, the way that she's been received by the press. Remember, there was that restaurant she went to in Virginia that kicked her out. Um, so I'm not surprised that she's over it and uh, trying to move on. So you said this is not the easiest or most desirable job. Uh, is there any indication of who might do it next? No, I have no idea uh, <laughs> <laughs> who will be press secretary. I don't think the president knows who will be press secretary. You know, he makes these decisions and just sort of tweets them out. Uh, you know, there may be a plan in place, but I think it's just equally as possible that he just decided, or Sarah Huckabee Sanders decided to leave. And he was like, 
great, we'll announce it. We'll figure it out later. We'll have a press secretary, I guess. Um, Hogan <laughs> Gidley works under Sarah Huckabee Sanders right now and does a lot of TV. It could be him. They could bring in someone else, you know. Maybe we'll get the mooch back. That would be awesome. I would, you know, absolutely love that. (laughs) That would so so many chapters, so many, so many memories, and it feels like a decade. A beautiful tapestry. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Sarah. Here's a tweet from Politico about a different topic. Social media influencer Kim Kardashian announced a new rideshare partnership that provides formerly incarcerated people with transportation to and from job interviews during a White House event on Second Chance hiring. Sarah, why is she going through the White House for this kind of advocacy? Yeah, I mean, I think, so Kim Kardashian, uh, she saw a video on, I think, Twitter a couple years ago about this woman named Alice Marie Johnson, um, who was put in prison uh, on drug charges. She got life without parole. She has a really compelling story, and a lot of people have been pushing for a while to get her sentence commuted. Um, That really, I think, got Kim Kardashian engaged on this issue with those kinds of things like the only place that you can go really is to the top. Um, I think, you know, obviously her husband, Kanye, has a very weird and interesting and bizarre relationship with Donald Trump. So it's it kind of makes sense. But I think, you know, if you want to get this kind of stuff done, she's just decided that she's powerful enough to walk into the White House. And it turns out she is. All right. Well, one of the things that was striking to me is that the First Step Act received uh, bipartisan support, um, you know, as did this issue. Can you remind us a a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, so criminal justice reform has kind of always been bipartisan as like a broad issue, like Republicans and Democrats go to jail. Right. So uh, both parties are kind of on board with doing something about it. They realize that we have a problem and that it's bigger than in a lot of other developed countries. Um, When you get down to the actual work of it, um, that's when support kind of falls apart. So the First Step Act is like very much a first step. Um, They took uh, some steps to make sure that uh, to get mandatory minimums, um, but only for some crimes. So, you know, it's it's definitely helping. um, And, and, you know, Democrats and Republicans were able to agree on that. When you get into uh, the, the further work that needs to be done, that's when they're, they're just not on board with this at all. Mm-hmm. So I want to read to you a quote from Soledad O'Brien this morning. She says, Kim Kardashian West saying the president has compassion for criminal justice is such a complete load of crap. You've mentioned that Kim has been walking into the White House a few times and been using this power to make change. Do you think people will ever respect her at large for the work that she's doing? That's a good question. Um, you know, I mean, it, I guess it's unfortunate for her that the person in the White House and the person who is listening to her right now is Donald Trump, uh, just in terms of her image. Um, you know, it's possible if she continues to do this work for decades and there are future presidents that, you know, maybe this one chapter won't loom as large. But, you know, I mean, Donald Trump gets a lot out of this from her, too. He loves being around celebrities and being accepted by them. She's also a woman of color, which is not exactly the base of his party. Um, So, you know, it's sort of mutually beneficial. She's getting what she wants, which is progress on an issue she's obviously very passionate about. And he's getting what he wants by being photographed constantly with Kim Kardashian West. (laughs) Wow. What a time to be alive. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining Sarah. (laughs) Thanks, guys. And we have a great show for you today. Later, I'll be sitting down with Jesse Tyler Ferguson, but up next, it's time for Fire Tweets. Special Pride Fire Tweets. Fire! Fire! 
Welcome back. Would you just look at this Fire Tweets animation uh, and all of its rainbow I'm glory? Into it. Look at this. I'm on fire. I'm so gay. <laughs> Gay rights. Uh, Gay rights. Gay rights. Well, we have this tweet from uh, Cini Martinez about our conversation uh, about Taylor Swift, who says, celebs faux activism, no thank you. Just Mm. don't. Mood. Yeah, that's a big big old mood. Big old mood. It really is. Well, let's get on to these other moods called fire tweets, which I love every day. Jill, you tweet it. Please stop asking gay people how we met or how we know each other. We know each other from being gay. A to the men. You know, we had Kevin Bacon on yesterday, and there's an idea that everyone's six degrees <laughs> away from Kevin Bacon. Gay people are always one degree away, whether it's through Grindr, Instagram, it's or, really true. you know, just the gay agenda. And, I mean, actually, we knew each other just, just pretty much from being, being queer. Gay. Yeah, before <laughs> this whole show thing. So this is yeah. true. You yeah. don't have to ask the question. Yeah, These when I walked into okay. the, the first auditions, I was like, I know her, she's queer. Yes, and that was <laughs> it. Yep. That was it. That's how we got hired. Gay rights. Gay rights. <laughs> Lily, you tweeted. My cousin went to Pride years ago and threw up on someone on a Ferris wheel. Fast forward 10 years, him and his husband were talking about Pride, and his husband told him a story about when he was thrown up on at Pride. My cousin threw up on his husband five years before they met. (laughs) I mean, love, poetry, romance. I don't know if I'd be with my husband if he threw up on me. Oh my gosh, so disgusting. It's kind of gross. But also, just speaks to the proximity of We're so queer close. people at all times. That so you would remember, be on this Ferris wheel. Remember, someone throws up on you, that could be real. <laughs> remember that forever. Moral of the story. Forever and always, y'all. Eliana, you tweeted. Queer Eye, but it's a bunch of butch lesbians who show up at my house and teach me how to parallel park. Oh, friends, this is just Tuesday night in my home. <laughs> Okay. Alex at her in her neighborhood. Me and my Just friends hanging out, doing practical things, like doing sensible things, teaching City. other people how to do practical and sensible things like parallel park. I am frightened every time I parallel <laughs> park. Like it is frightening trying to anyway, we're not going to Well into come that and one. hang with me and my crew. Oh my god. And yes. we'll teach you. Queer women are leading the way, y'all. Yes, there you go. The way. All right. Natalie, you tweeted. Today I saw a beautiful woman and said, Wow, she's so pretty. And my coworker immediately was like, don't feel like that, Natalie. You're pretty too. And I stared at him and said, I'm not jealous, Flavio. I'm gay. <laughs> True. Erasure. Erasure. Yeah. It's, a, it's kind of this thing of like, I mean, that's probably a good moment for them at work yeah. to be like, hey, yo, I don't know if you know this. It's Pride Month and I like ladies. It's like, and I need to hit on them. And it doesn't matter if they're prettier than me because I can still be with them. No. It's also like, oh, you're heterosexual culture means that you think I'm worried about like yeah. I look like no. I'm also looking at yeah I would I wish she would have turned to Flavio and said Flavio we call this projection <laughs> you don't feel pretty yeah Flavio for this person well I do this tweet also spoke to me just because as a proud femme mm-hmm. you know oftentimes we are kind of invisible to people and we have to come out yeah. all the damn time yeah. so that just you know brought some levity yeah, there we go seat 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 so let's Thanks get to the tweet of the day you ready for this one yeah Tweeter today comes from Hannah. Me yelling at the personal life section of Wikipedia, just tell me if they're gay. <laughs> okay, so here's the trick, everybody. Control F, gay, every article. That's what I do every day. I'm like, gay, husband, control F, this, that. You, need, you just want to know. I want yeah. to know. I also want to know if you are messy and like you had a wife and now you have a husband or vice versa. It's I need true. to know the T. So I have a suggestion on Wikipedia. For you to support us, you need to add orientation in their bio, their demos. I need to know. I think that that would be useful. Because it has marital status. Uh, and I also, because marital status helps me know if they're single. 
then I need to know my my potential. There you go. I feel like uh, Wikipedia should have made a special like pride section where <laughs> it was like orientation yes. or whatever, you know, just for us. Just for Pride Month. Give it a little like rainbow trim. Yeah. Do the whole thing. We could also call that Grinder or Also Grinder or, or her, one of these other apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever app it is. Wikipedia is like, we got our thing, girl. But it's true. It's like, you just want to know. Yes. Yep. Mm. Well, coming up, I'm sitting down with Modern Family star Jesse Tyler Ferguson. But up next, we are talking about the new Daria spinoff. Very excited about that. Yes. This is from A to Z, Alex to Zach, mm. get it? Where we chat about a topic on our timelines. Mm-mm-mm, I love this part. Coco Butter, <laughs> you tweet it. In honor of Queen Tracy Ellis Ross voicing Jodie Landon in the new Jodie series for MTV, here's a throwback to our video tribute to Queen Jodie and the amazing legacy she left on black girls around the world. We stand. Z tweeted, as much as I get annoyed every time someone says Jody was Daria's BFF, I'm so glad that the spinoff series is focusing entirely on Jody. I didn't like the idea of her playing second fiddle to Daria, and so glad she will be in the spotlight. Mm, so I saw Twitter explode yes. time yesterday, and I know that Daria was really important to you in your own journey as a person. Thank you. Thank uh, you. So catch me up. Why are we so excited about this person? Because she looks iconic. I have she vague is. memories of her, but I don't know the whole story. All right, let me get you up to speed. So if you remember the original Daria, uh, it was through the eyes of Daria Morgendorfer who gave this really kind of deadpan, spot-on mm. satire about uh, the culture, about adults, about everything that was going on in her world. And Jodi was one of the very, very few Black characters mm. on the show and often provided these really spot-on critiques about just the overwhelming whiteness of the show and also her experience of being tokenized and Mm -hmm. also having to be the model minority. So I think Mm -hmm. people are so excited and glad to see her story come back because it meant so much to people to see themselves reflected in that Mm -hmm. show. And to have Tracy Ellis Ross, who is, I mean, come on. Who better, you know, to just really trust her with that story. It's so exciting. Yeah, and I love that you bring up model minority because one of the few memories I have of the show is that uh, she was prom queen, I think. and, and, And Jodie was on a float and she talks about how, like, look at us, black people are always winning uh, these awards for being the model minority. And I remember as a young black person thinking, yeah, that is funny, that these shows always do this, like, huge reach to make the black person win everything in a sea of whiteness, and that's not how life really is. And we should talk about that in a real way, not just use us as tokens on a cartoon. Yeah, and it's just, it's cool that a show geared towards teens, geared towards the MTV audience, Mm -hmm. um, you know, is having these frank conversations in these stories. And let me tell you a little bit about uh, the new one, the new series, and uh, Tracy Ellis Ross actually tweeted, as a very cool bonus, Jodi will be the first adult animated show in almost 20 years that will star a black woman. Amazing. Um, the head writer on the show also writes for Insecure and co-produces Insecure. And the show is going to follow uh, Jodi in the tech world in her first job, Woo. providing commentary Well, I have worked. I too have worked in the tech world, and good luck to you, girl. Being black in the tech world is its own... Um, journey, per se. <laughs> it is a journey. Well, I'm super excited. I'm going to tune in to support Jody. Should I watch all the Daria episodes to catch myself up? You know, I don't know that you have to watch all of them. Like, if you want to familiarize yourself a little bit okay. with some of the characters. But I'm also, I'm just, like, confident that this is going to be such a good series that I feel By like itself. we can all just tune in. Um, something that I am intrigued to see what happens is I think that the opening credits of Daria they, it has that really iconic song. I'm sure everybody can remember. Um, I, I think that that was actually voiced by the person who did 
did Daria. So I'm curious, like, if they're going to reboot the intro music or. Wait, Tracy, know, could Tracy sing? Because, you know, Miss Tracy's mother is the iconic Diana Ross. Because could you imagine if Diana Ross sang this song? Oh, this is just happy pride, everybody. This yeah. is just really. <laughs> My imagination this is now is just, this isn't even happening. MTV executives are probably like, what is he saying? We can't afford Diana Ross. Please pay her. Yeah, well, we are very, very excited about this. And so let's take it to the timeline. What do you want to see happen on the Daria spinoff about Jody? Tweet us using the hashtag AM to DM. And up next, Alex is sitting down with Jesse, Tyler Ferguson, and some bow ties. Oh, I got to put my bow tie on. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> This is The Sit Down, and I'm here with actor Jesse Tyler Ferguson, star of ABC's Modern Family. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Now, in between the break, I was <laughs> rushing like a madwoman to tie this fantastic bow tie. That is, is seriously under pressure. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I made it work. I so. mean, people like spend like three hours trying to do it before a wedding. <laughs> you literally had a commercial break. I did, and that was it. Yeah, and so this is from your collection. Yeah. What was the inspiration behind it? So um, me and my husband started an organization called Tie the Knot, and um, we we initially started it to raise um, money to help support um, people who are in the trenches fighting for marriage equality. We now have that nationwide, so now we're, we're continuing to raise money through Tie the Knot to uh, protect those uh, civil rights that we fought so hard for in the LGBTQ community, also nationally now. So, mm-hmm. um, and so we we, did, we designed this uh, series of bow ties. We also have like uh, lapel pins and socks. Little, and these are lips, lips on your lapel. Um, mm-hmm. We have. Um, the suspenders and all the proceeds from these things that we've created go toward our organization and then we farm them out to people who are doing the good work. Hmm. Are there any like color schemes or designs that you gravitate towards? I really love this one that I'm wearing that my friend Jacob actually designed. Hmm. Jacob is um, a friend of mine who's a, a non-binary, non-gender conforming uh, uh, author. Um, oh, really, Jacob Tobiah. Yes, Jacob they're doing Tobiah. amazing work. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. love them. And uh, we asked Jacob if they would do a few bow ties. And oh, excellent. This is one of my faves. So you have uh, the bow ties, lapel pin socks. Do you have any other fashion aspirations? Um, gosh, I mean, just, <laughs> you know, I, I, I would love to get into shoe wear. Oh, Why not? Yeah, of course. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, I, I love doing stuff for charity, but mm-hmm. um, it would be fun to, like, make a profit, too. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I hear that. Well, I want to talk about uh, something else that you're working on this month, of course, is the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Riot. Mm-hmm. Um, you are producing a, a documentary right. uh, about the riot, and you're going to be on the front lines, actually, filming at the Pride celebrations this year. Right. It's World Pride here in New York, and it's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. So there's going to be so many people in New York, and we want to create this documentary because I think a lot of um, newer members of the LGBTQ community don't have a lot of, um, they, they don't know a lot about Stonewall, mm. and they don't know the history. And um, there's also with, you know, Grinder and all these, like, you know, the apps, people aren't necessarily, I think it's really important to protect these these communal spaces mm. in, in the queer community, and um, Stonewall certainly is the, the cornerstone of those types of places. So we're creating this documentary and we're going to be on the front lines trying to capture as much as we can with this once-in-a-lifetime moment at the end of the month. Yeah. Have you thought about any moments in history or even like just moments that you're expecting to capture that you really hope uh, viewers resonates with viewers or, or that they really take away from it? Well, I hope that it's it doesn't live as like a time capsule. I want to certainly mm-hmm. interview people who who were a part of the Stonewall riots, but also I want to interview people who are um, younger and uh, of a new generation and I want to sort of meet those, I want to have those, uh, the meeting of those minds. Um, and, you know, it's so tricky with the documentary because you can't really 
decide what you want to do. You sort yeah. of have to let it reveal itself to you. So we're excited to see what we can come up with. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, speaking of LGBTQ visibility and representation, you play one of the most famous gay dads on TV in Modern Family. And this year, ABC announced that the upcoming 11th season will be its last. Yeah. What will you miss most? Oh, I mean, it, it sounds so cliche, but we are we really truly are a family. And not just the actors in the show, but some of the crew members have been with us for the past 11 years. And you know, we've seen people get married, we've seen people have kids, and it's it's a truly an extended family. And like not seeing those people every day is I'm already going through withdrawal. Yeah. Do who do you think will cry the most when you have me? One thousand percent me. I've already started crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mitch and Cam uh, now have much more company uh, as far as queer TV mm-hmm. characters go um, since the show debuted. Do you have any other favorite queer characters on TV or shows that resonate with you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I loved Will and Grace. That's, mm-hmm. that's a perfect example of a show that held the door open for us. And I feel like we wouldn't be able to be on TV without shows like Will and Grace. Um, I loved Glee. Um, I love the spectrum of the gay community that they, sh- that they covered on Glee. Um, there's also so much great stuff, new stuff coming out. And I feel like there's also so much, so many places we can go. There's mm-hmm. so many queer stories that we still haven't told. Um, I think we need a lot more help with with um, uh, transgender um, mm. uh, um, representation on TV. I think Pose is doing a great job with mm-hmm. that. We can go farther. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by the future. Mm. Now, you uh, you got your start on Broadway, right? I and, did. Yeah, and it was recently announced that you'll be returning in 2020 for a revival of the play Take Me Out. Mm-hmm. What drew you to that project? Um, well, I was offered it, and I was like, it's, it's a show that <laughs> I loved so much. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, it's a play I loved, and I saw it when it was originally on, um, I think about 16 years ago in New York. Um, and the part that they've offered me is a part that was so brilliantly mm. played by Dennis O'Hare in mm-hmm. a performance I will never forget. So I'm equally terrified and excited to take on this role because he was iconic in this part. Hmm. I mentioned you you got your start on Broadway when you were actually 21, and you once played 40 different characters in a one-man mm-hmm. satire. Um, what do you love about stage acting versus TV? I mean, I do love both, but there's just something about being in— you know what it is? I'm a control freak. <laughs> and when you do something on television or in film, you an editor takes that performance away and then stitches it together, and it's this thing that you don't really necessarily have any say over. And I love being on stage in a room with an audience, and I get to dictate what the experience is like. Mm. Well, uh, there is another famous Jesse in the show with you, mm-hmm. Jesse Williams, who's also from an ABC hit show. And as the Broadway We're vet, only casting people named Jesse who are on ABC. Exactly. That's it. Sorry it's to everybody else. It's going to be a else. challenge, but we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> have you given him any advice as he prepares for his stage oh. debut? Gosh, no. I mean, uh, <laughs> I we we contacted each other on social media um, recently. We had a few. He slid into my DMs. As one uh, does. As one does. <laughs> uh, I'm just so excited. I've kn- I know him socially. Um, he's such an amazing advocate, so I'm already, mm. like, a fan of his as, as a person. Um, and I just think he's so talented. Um, I'm, I'm stoked. If he has any questions, I'm certainly available for a, a, a coffee. Great. We could talk about things. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, speaking of Broadway, you and James Corden had a really funny moment at the Tonys uh, on the red carpet. And afterwards, you tweeted, I need a millennial to turn this into a GIF and return it to me. Yeah. Consider it homework. Jesse Tyler, Fergu- Tyler Ferguson to James Corden, don't fuck it up. Yeah. And you actually got one that same day. I got several. 
You got yeah. several. I chose the one that he, that included the text. Some, <laughs> so he got that 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 millennial got an A plus. But a, a that millennial of, got an A plus. But the, 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 they came in very quickly. They're oh, very okay. fast. I have no idea how you even create a GIF. Huh. That, I, that's I, how you say GIF or GIF. I, you know, no one knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> so someone out there knows. I I go with GIF. Um, if you had any other assignment for millennials, what assignment would you like to give them? Oh gosh, um, my assignment for millennials. <laughs> <laughs> is to get out and be active and to also just find something that you care about and support it and be loud about it. Um, I, I'm, I can offer some suggestions. You know, the LGBTQ community always needs more allies, um, specifically our, our trans brothers and sisters. I think we, we really need to do better there. But I think just being an advocate for something is what I would like millennials to, to do. And anyone, really, that's just, that goes for everyone. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time to thank chat with you. me. Thank you. And another assignment is to go get one of these cute bow ties from thetiebar.com. You can catch Jesse in the final season of Modern Family this fall on ABC. Up next, Zach finds out how we can all have a healthier summer. Welcome back. This is The Daily Upgrade, brought to you by the City Rewards Plus card, the card designed to make the everyday more rewarding. Audrey tweeted, Personally, I think being fit and healthy is much better than being skinny. Corey Stieg, health and sex writer for Refinery29, joins me now to discuss how we can upgrade our daily routines to live a healthier lifestyle. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I feel like Friday's the perfect day for us to have this conversation. I agree. Some of us may make some choices this weekend. That's okay, though. It's totally fine. So to jump off, I'd love for you to tell me, how do you define a healthy lifestyle? So I think we can all agree that health is about way more than just your physical health. It also includes your mental health. So a healthy lifestyle to me is doing things that make you feel good, that give you energy, and Mm -hmm. then that also support your specific health needs. Mm, I love that. That's much more inclusive than just be skinny because, you know, skinny is not always healthy Well, I mean, more importantly, you can't tell how healthy a person is just by looking at them. Exactly, exactly. So I'd love to get your advice on eating healthy. You know, it can be incredibly expensive. Do you have any hacks to kind of keep it on a budget for folks like us? (laughs) So like when we think of eating healthier, the first thing that comes to mind is more fruits and vegetables. Produce can be prohibitively expensive, but two things I would recommend is one, join us CSA. It stands for Mm. Community supported agriculture. Basically, you buy a share of a local farmer's crops for a season. Oh, really? So you get a box of like uh, in-season produce and for like a flat rate mm-hmm. um, annually. And then also frozen vegetables are totally fine and good. Are they? Because I've been thinking, I buy frozen fruit yeah. a lot. And I was like, is this actually as healthy as I think it is? Because it's yeah. delicious. Frozen fruit and frozen vegetables are just as good as the fresh stuff. And if you're like me, I always like buy a bunch of kale and then mm-hmm. it sits in my fridge and I don't use it and it goes bad. Mm, yes. so that's a great way yes. to get around that. Yes, same. Yeah. And then how, what else should we consider when we're thinking of eating healthy? Are there any other things uh, when we're looking at our plates? Yeah, so I feel like anytime you're embarking on some sort of, um, you know, change in your eating habits, it's important to think about what you want your end goal to be. Um, And more importantly, um, is it something that you can see yourself doing in the next six weeks, six months, and six years? Mm. Um, Because really making sustainable changes is what matters. And Mm -hmm. then also you should check in with someone who knows about your health history, like your doctor, Mm. your healthcare provider, 
or a registered dietitian is a great person mm, to see. Is, that's great advice. You know, yeah. your doctor is there to talk to you, even that's about right. food, not just about a cough. Yes. So I love being active. I try yeah. to go cycling or running every yeah. day. Um, what are other ways we can make sure that, or what are ways that we can make sure that we're getting enough exercise every week? Enough exercise. So I feel like in the summertime, especially, it's tough because like your free time is taken up by a lot of social yeah. activities. So I would suggest turning those social activities into an active mm-hmm. thing too. Mm. So you could walk home from work with a coworker who lives in your area okay. or go to a boutique workout before you go to brunch mm-hmm. or go to the beach and all go swimming. Like there's so many different things you can do and be social and active at the same time. Mm. And what are some hacks to track being healthy and active? Are there like journals we should keep or should we check in with friends? Yeah, I mean, journals are great if you find that, like, you like to reflect after a workout and see, like, how you felt afterwards and, like, maybe you discover that you really love something that you tried. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great thing. I think it's also important to just think about how you feel more mm-hmm. important than, like, sticking to a particular plan or, mm-hmm. um, you know— tracking. Yes, tracking. So you mentioned boutique workouts earlier, and you just said we should focus on how we feel. Right. What are some exercise fads that you see people engaging in that you wish would go away? Oh, man. Well, I don't know about exercise fads, but certainly when I think about, like, health trends right Mm -hmm. now, celery juice. Really? Tell me. Have you tried it? No, I have a person, I will not say, I love this person a lot. They post celery juice every day of their child drinking it. It's just not as great as everyone says it is. And it also kind of tastes like trash. Um, And I think that anytime there's a big health trend, Mm -hmm. it's important to take a step back and think, is this the best thing for Mm me? Oftentimes, what everyone else is doing is not the best choice. Mm, So if it's popular, it doesn't always mean it's good for you. Precisely. That's a great, great motto. But real quick, where did yeah. the celery juice stuff come from? Because it I literally out of nowhere. Don't know. I think it was just like Busy Phillips, for example, was okay. crazy about it for a while back, and then some other like influencer types mm-hmm. were posting about it. And it, it is easy to get so sucked into yeah. that because it's like, well, everyone says it's amazing. It must be amazing. I just it's celery juice, like orange juice, apple juice, or so many other types of juices. But celery, but also celery is great, and eating it like. In its natural yeah. form is great, too. What's the peanut butter? Peanut butter. Well, With peanut butter. Well, Corey, I love thank that. You, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks and for having me. And it was a really me. great way to begin my weekend thinking healthier, yeah. potentially. Mm. So don't go away. Up next, I'm sitting down with Rufus Wainwright. Stay tuned. I'm so excited to be joined today by Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, composer, and icon Rufus Wainwright. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's so great to have you here, but it's also so great to have your shoes here. Can the camera cut to the shoes? Oh boy. Where did you get these? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I. Um, uh, well, it's been quite a while. They're actually they're actually called Pride shoes. Oh, pride. Okay, perfect. So, it's pride so, so that's in honor of uh, I think a pride a pride a pride past. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I've, so I've been wearing them quite a bit for a couple of years. Okay, um, and it's interesting because you know. I think I do think that there was a time early on in 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 the in the our president's um, checkered past where uh, essentially you know to say not my president you know caused a bit of a stir mm-hmm. even with his supporters because yeah. um, they'd say things like well he you know he's everybody's president yeah. but I think even them at this point are resigned yeah. to Exhausted. the fact <laughs> that he's totally you know outcast you know uh, most people you yeah. know in his country yes so so it's uh you know they they, they so they're perfect now everyone yeah they're, they're just, they, they make sense it it's began just, as radical like a fact yeah and it began know? as radical <laughs> now it's wearing like yeah. converse yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well speaking of pride it is pride month and something that yes. i'm so excited to talk to you about today is that you were one of the you were the first uh popular artist 
artist yes. to have a major record deal. Yes, there and, we go. We said it. And there she she is here. This is yes. <laughs> first out. I out. mean, I was yeah, I was. I, there were certainly other gay artists before me. Yes. Um, but 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 I but technically, I was the first sort of mainstream yes. uh, on a major label artist mm-hmm. to to come out as gay. And really survive. Yeah. There was there was a couple, there was this guy Jabriath in the in the seventies who were I think they used his gay thing as a sort of marketing tool, mm-hmm. kind of like David Bowie. Yeah. Um, and he ended up you know uh, drinking himself to death and uh, and and becoming a lounge singer. Yeah. I mean I've done a little better than that. A bit, a bit. <laughs> Not that there's anything yes. wrong with lounge, with lounge singing, cheap, singing, but yeah, you've done a little yeah, higher. But than yeah, that. so and I so, think, yeah. and I think it, it's not only that you were out, but you were doing covers of magazines. You yeah, were in out yeah, magazines. Yeah, I was. I was on the cover of about magazine in '98, and I think I think you know there was there was a period where I would get a little bit um, feisty, shall mm-hmm. we say, when they said like, oh, Adam Lambert was the first, yeah. or. Uh, who you know certainly congratulations on all the success for sure but uh, but but no but I was yes <laughs> and and I think what it was for me also is that I didn't necessarily make a big deal out of it mm-hmm. I mean I, I I sang songs that were you know that were addressed to uh, to other men and mm-hmm. and but then I had a whole slew of other material and yeah. I and I didn't even try to be I don't know. I was I was really more interested in the, in in the music mm-hmm. and in in the the quality of the albums yeah. and and you know and and working as an artist in mm-hmm. general, whether I was gay or straight or whatever. Yeah. So. And what's it been like to see these new artists that are openly LGBTQ and it yeah. is a big part of their career? So thinking of like yeah. Troy Sivan, yeah. Kim Petras, the young trans pop singer. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. said that yours was just part of your music, but yeah. theirs is so central to their idea. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I don't know. I mean, I. I'm really, really happy for Troy. I, I've, I've worked with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've written a song or two together, and um, and it's amazing, you know, that, that now it's it's um, you know it's 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 becoming part of the main, really part of the mainstream, and 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 so forth. I I do feel, you know, a little old-fashioned mm-hmm. in, in the sense that, that that I would love, once again, I would love to, it to focus on the material. I love, you know, a great song is a great song, yeah. no matter where you're from or, or what you look like. And and, um, and 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 that's sort of where my allegiance lies. I know when I started out years ago, you know, I was, I was uh, fairly attractive <laughs> young man and and I and that didn't hurt yeah that didn't hurt and and uh, and and uh, and I was able to sort of you know be a somewhat of a sex mm-hmm. symbol mm-hmm. Uh, oh my god did you tell your mom uh, earlier that? Did you on call her oh my mom loved it believe me uh, anything anything to get ahead yeah and uh, ooh, that sounded weird um, <laughs> My mom would understand my if I said mother, that. Yeah, anyway. to get but uh, but anyways, but but I do feel, you know, sometimes, you know, with a lot, and but that's pop. So it's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, and I'd love to hear what it means to you. Well, no, it's it's certainly um, an important milestone, uh, and you know, I, I, I've always been um, somewhat of the opinion that that it's that it's a double-edged sword mm-hmm. in the sense that that. Uh, that when uh, after after um, Stonewall, there was a, a shift that occurred where where we became more visible and more um, more you know 
equal or attempting to be mm-hmm. equal and, and, and so forth. And there's a really positive part of that. And especially myself as a married man yeah. um, and, and, and a father, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, uh, I very much benefit from, from a lot of those mm-hmm. um, rights. I do think, though, that there was something, um, for me personally, when I came out uh, in, the, in, the mid- in the late 80s, really, um, and and AIDS was was uh, ravaging, you know, uh, the the gay community. Uh, I I don't know. I felt it necessary to go back to the pre-Stonewall kind of um, ethos, mm-hmm. where gay men and I say that because I'm a gay man um, were really, you know, surviving mm-hmm. uh, uh, quite desperately and really needed to lean on the arts and, mm-hmm. and literature and theater and uh, and intelligence yeah. to uh, to you know, become, to, to really make it. And and uh, and though I don't think everybody can become Oscar Wilde, no, certainly, exactly. um, I try to I, I become something of that sort, you know, mm-hmm. of this, you know, warrior. Mm-hmm. And and I do feel so, so sometimes like trying to get too um, uh, assimilated, mm-hmm. I guess, into the culture, we lose a bit of that fighting spirit. So as long as we, you know, which which is ironic because I mean, I mean, the Stonewalls, uh, Stonewall was a riot. Yeah. So, so, so as long as we keep the riot yeah. going, and it's not just a corporate, <laughs> and it's not, and it's not just about you know, I don't know, just bland, blandifying our our existence. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 that's that's important. To yeah. Me. So you mentioned pre Stonewall, and I know someone that's important to you is Judy Garland. Yes. It's also her yes. birthday this month, and yes. she is part of the Stonewall history yes. herself. No, totally, totally. Why are you so gravitated to her as an artist? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I, I come from an interesting generation where uh, I'm 45, and it's in this. There's this interesting little pocket, especially for gay men, mm-hmm. where you know. We didn't have VCRs yet. Like I remember VCRs happening, mm-hmm. so you could rent movies. But that was like later in my teenage years, and then and then they started having movies on television. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Wizard of Oz was a real event every Easter. They mm. would play. It would be on television, and everybody would watch it. So so and it just hit me right at that age. Mm. Um, and and uh, and formative year, years. And I sort of yeah. So I. So, so that t- took hold, and I was obsessed with that. And then later on, when I moved to Hollywood to make my first albums, mm-hmm. um, I was very, very seduced by the by just legends of old Hollywood, yeah. which she's certainly a big part of. And 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 I certainly related more to the you know latter Judy, <laughs> <laughs> the more decadent, yes. um, troubled, uh, dark yes. Judy, and uh, living in London Judy. Yeah, li- London Judy, mm-hmm. and uh, and. And was somewhat haunted by her, mm-hmm. actually. Um, I would like, there are these funny stories where I'd go into Tower Records um, <laughs> and uh, and to buy the latest, you know, Radiohead record. And I would walk out with like three Judy Garland albums, <laughs> you know. And I was like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, so so then I subsequently did the, the Judy Garland show, yes. uh, the, the, her, her 1961 concert at Carnegie Hall. And, and that was very much a kind of exorcism. Mm-hmm. Because I'd gotten a little sick of her, frankly. It really? was—I uh, mean, I'll always love her, but it was this fa- it's kind of dark fascination. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and it did—it did subside a little mm-hmm. bit. So uh, speaking of Judy, you—not uh, speaking of Judy, but you're on a tour currently. <laughs> I did my 20th anniversary uh, poses tour, mm-hmm. all these poses, which was a great success. Yes. Um, and now I have to pay for it because yes. <laughs> <laughs> we brought out a big band and we had production and stuff. Yeah. So now I have to—I have this tour called Oh Solo Rufus. Mm-hmm. 
or Osola Wainwright? Is it Osola Wainwright? Osola Wainwright. I love there we go. Thank my you. notes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Osola Wainwright. And uh, yeah, it's just me going around. Um, singing my songs alone <laughs> uh, all over the world and um, to make money in order to pay for, you know, writing operas and, no. you know, uh, being, you know, true to my art. Well, Rufus, thank you so much for being here thank today. You. It was really lovely thank to you. meet you. And I'm so excited for this new album and everything else you have going on. Great, thank so, you. And if you'd like to go see Rufus's new show called Oh Solo Wainwright, which is a tour yeah. that you yes. were on, yes. if you don't remember, <laughs> go to rufuswainwright.com and we have more AIM to DM up next. Welcome back. It's time for At Us. How, this was quite a good show. Quite a good show. I just yeah, like love, so I'm like glowing because, you know, Rufus was fantastic, but your sit down with Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Yes. Y'all seem like old girlfriends. You know what? It was great. And I love that I got to wear one of those bow ties, even though I was frantically tying it in the studio in you time. Are, you all, probably could <laughs> tell, I don't know. So you all don't know this, but right when it went to commercial, Alex pulls bow ties out. We're like, like going <laughs> fast, spread, spread, spread. Jesse gets on set and she Got it. I got so it. Got if it. you have a competition out there for tying bow ties within 20 seconds to shift to new sets, call <laughs> Alex Burke. <laughs> Coach, put me in. Yeah, it was such a great show. And again, I love doing these pride shows where we really yes. get to talk about the things that matter to us. Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, I want to bring up this tweet from Jolie who says, busy morning, watching in the background, but sending love and power with this energy to the AMTM fam. And we have this tweet below that says, pass the glitter, throw the bricks. Happy pride. Pass the glitter, throw the bricks. All of that, yes. Love that. And I loved our conversation about uh, the meaningfulness of activism around celebrities. Love activism. And I saw some tweets out there. People were saying, cancel it, no more. So I I love, you know, it's going to be an ongoing conversation. But what was interesting is we had that conversation and then we had Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who is an activist, who has used his platform to help us get marriage equality. So Jesse is a great possibility model for folks like Taylor. He dug in when it wasn't legal. She dug in after it was legal. Well, on that note, we'll get to some of your tweets. Cine Martinez tweeted this after our conversation about the new Darius spinoff. So freaking excited about Jody. Jody, Jody. I just want to keep saying Jody. My mom texts me and now she's hearing this. I talked about my mom too much because I'm a gay man. <laughs> but she texts me because she, I forgot my oldest brother, who is not gay, loves Daria. Oh, and she was texting uh, him the clip to be like, Brad, look at this. And yeah. he'd already seen it. So. Yeah, if you haven't already seen it, like highly recommend watching the Cocoa Butter uh, video. Mm-hmm. And Chantal Fallon's here is yes. in that video. She's and fantastic. yeah, it's just a really excellent. She's fantastic. Yeah. Kirsten tweeted this after my conversation about living a healthier lifestyle. I don't be feeling like buying fresh veggies a lot of the time, especially if I got to chop it. Okay, girl, that is so true. And like a quick hack for that is, you know, Sundays when you've got some feelings to work through, buy all your veggies then and pre-chop them then and just store them. So you just pull them out and toss them in a, in a little pan or go to, Trader jo- uh, go to a store like Trader Joe's is often one mm-hmm. and you can get them pre-sliced. Well, for a few extra cents. Get yeah. that pre-sliced, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do I need to be doing? Yeah. And uh, she also added, celery juice sounds like I'm going to drink <laughs> one of the circles of help. Which, my question is like, what do, What does celery juice even taste like? I, like again, just... I see someone drink it every day because they post content about it, and I have been afraid. I hate celery. Yeah. I hate celery. Well, what I don't hate is sweets. And if you have a sweet tooth, like we do here at AMTDM, when you, then you will love this. BuzzFeed's viral good advice cupcake, Cuppy, is teaming up with Sprinkles Bakery and the Trevor Project to celebrate Pride in Stonewall 50. 
and Amber proceeds Fred. from each cupcake purchased throughout the month of June will be donated to the Trevor Project. Okay. The partnership is to spread awareness about issues affecting the LGBTQ community and who doesn't love a good cupcake from Sprinkles. All right, look at these cupcakes here Amazing. and queer. Hello, oh we God, got like, queer on a cupcake. Oh my okay. God. It is I me this. as food. This is gay rights. It me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to our guests, Sarah Mims, Corey Stieg, Rufus Wainwright, and Jesse Tyler Ferguson. And next week, we've got a Quite a lot of people. Sherry Shepard, Robin Givens, Laura Bonanti, Sasha Valor, and more. Yes. Excuse we'll be me. back here. Yeah, an amazing <laughs> week. We'll be back here Monday morning at 10 a.m. Have a wonderful weekend and happy Friday. Gay rights. Gay rights. Queer cupcakes. Can't see.